0: You're listening to Foreseeable, a production of Globalization, the flagship digital platform of Singapore's Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. Each episode, we invite an expert for a conversation relating to their area of expertise and to find out what they foresee happening in the future. Hong Kong has been a flashpoint in the news off and on since March of 2019, when thousands of people took to the streets in protest of a proposed extradition bill since then the bill was officially withdrawn but the situation remains troubled more recently china passed a national security law that could completely change hong kong's relationship with the mainland yet how the law will be implemented remains to be seen the dynamic between beijing and hong kong is what alfred wu associate professor of the Lee kuan yu school of public policy would call a center periphery relationship that may sound a bit formal but it incorporates all the drama and uncertainty of the current situation. I asked him to explain his analysis. Later, we addressed the national security law. What do you mean by that when you talk about center versus the periphery? It means that uh, central government making some
1: decision, but some areas are not actually quite close to uh, central government. Maybe they are different culturally or they maybe are different financially. So they could not understand each other. So in in that case, a uh, lot of problems happen. Like Hong Kong's case is, uh, Hong Kong's culture is very different from Beijing. Mm-hmm. So it create another problem called central and peripheral relations. In China, we have a number of similar problems. One is the relationship between Hong Kong and Beijing, and the the relationship between Tibet and uh, Beijing. Mm-hmm. So mostly it's uh, because of uh, historical reason or sometimes it's uh, due to uh, financial reason or they could be because of uh, uh, culture difference.
0: Okay, I, w- I wanted to ask you to give us an overview of what the one country, two systems really means and as far as how it applies to Hong Kong SAR status and what is meant by the term basic law and for someone who may not be that familiar with the situation how do you describe it?
1: I would say that uh, at that time uh, Deng Xiaoping was very clear in terms of making this arrangement he tried to utilize Hong Kong as a a channel to connect with uh, the western world he came up with the so called one country two systems so basically without Hong Kong the situation will be tough for China. So even in the uh, Mao period, uh, Mao Zedong and uh, Zhou Enlai, mm-hmm. the, the premier, did not want to so-called uh, conquer Hong Kong. They tried to let Hong Kong to be independent Then try to be a bridge between the West and the East. Uh, Deng Xiaoping realized uh, the importance of Hong Kong, so he thought about this solution could finally solve the Taiwan issue. If Taiwan could return to uh, China, then they could use uh, the same model to Taiwan. For example, Taiwan maybe remain very much autonomy uh, in addition to some power transfer back to Beijing, for example, like defense. So they think under this model, they can solve Hong Kong issue. They also can solve
0: uh, Taiwan issue. The one country, two systems is the solution, the big idea that uh, Deng Xiaoping came up with to solve the problems of Hong Kong and perhaps Taiwan, and then the basic law is how it was written to describe how it would work, the b- basic law of Hong Kong, is that correct? Yeah, basic law actually tried to lay down a legal
1: framework for uh, Hong Kong's special administrative region. Yes, true, yeah.
0: And that's the law where it says that Hong Kong will have uh, a high degree of autonomy except where it comes to defense and foreign affairs, correct? Yeah, yeah, right. right. Speaking of Deng Xiaoping, some people were saying that when he came up with the idea of One Country, Two Systems and was looking ahead 50 years down the road, that at that time he was pragmatic enough to say that if One Country, Two Systems was still working fine in 50 years to just leave it that way. Uh, Do you agree with that? Was that the sentiment on his side?
1: Yeah, and Deng Xiaoping did mention about that. Uh, Deng Xiaoping was very confident because of he thought after 2047, uh, China will be very developed economically. Mm-hmm. So no need to, to have uh, like uh, one country one system. Mm-hmm. He also think we could utilize Hong Kong's advantage and continue
0: with that kind of arrangement. Uh, I would say that he was very forward-looking. Have things changed since President Xi has become the president of China?
1: Sometimes we need to look into that kind of continuous process. Not all policies uh, are made by Xi Jinping. In the past, they they did have some dispute between Hong Kong and the central government. Uh, For example, in 2003, the central government intended to pass a law in Hong Kong mandating uh, Hong Kong government to arrest people who go against government. For example, if they... Uh, try to say something going against the central government's interests. For example, they want to separate the country. Mm -hmm. Then they could uh, be arrested in Hong Kong. But at that time, half a million people went to the street. So the the law was not passed during the occasion. Then after that, uh, central government has changed the policy.
0: Central government became uh, much more assertive since then. So there has been a trend towards more centralized power. And so this would be the center taking greater control over the periphery. Is that Yes. Another it?
1: issue is a very important thing is uh, over the past 10 years, in 2008, China had Olympic game right. in Beijing, right? China actually uh, also has obtained much more important position uh, around the world, particularly out of financial crisis in 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. So China tried to have more say in the world. So within the country, the central government also has become much more uh, assertive. In the past, I would say that, the, especially under Deng Xiaoping, the central government was a little bit humble. They tried to ask local government to develop on their own pace. But now it sounds like the central government is very confident. So they try to say that the uh, local governments like Hong Kong, you don't need to do a lot of things. You, you need to listen to me. That, that's a very uh, important message from go-
0: central government. In a way, you think that's a sign of their growing success and power. That they they're now they're they're wanting to, as you put it, I guess, be less humble and take more control.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, some kind of so-called self-reinforced uh, process. Mm-hmm. Okay. So central government think they are doing very well. They obtain a reputation around the world. They are respected by world leaders. Mm-hmm. So uh, local government, uh, you need to. Uh, listen to central government's arrangements.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you please describe the details of this new national security law and what does it mean and what does it actually say?
1: It's really surprised to see uh, the national government in China promote national security law at the national level. Mm-hmm. So in the past, it was a, a tough issue for Hong Kong SAR government to handle because under the basic law, Hong Kong SAR government has the obligation to, to pass a law on national security. Hong Kong could not be a base for, for violating national security uh, issues. There was an agreement in the 1980s. But now the issue is uh, over the past 20 years, it was a big headache for Hong Kong SAR government to have this law. Big is the a gap between Hong Kong SAR government and also people is how to have implementation detail so it means that uh, yeah the majority of people will think national security law is necessary but sometimes people just worry about hong kong will have a similar system like china that's worrying because of uh, in a chinese system secret police can come to your home the the trial may not be open. Also, in Hong Kong, there were a number of cases suspected to be related to China's national security uh, law enforcement. So some people disappear later on appear in Chinese courts. So it's related to so-called national security law implementation in China. The gap between Chinese law system and Hong Kong law system is huge. Now the issue is the uh, national government want to impose national security law at a national level. So it means that they will impose national law enforcement style in Hong Kong. But many Hong Kongers, including law professionals, they think Hong Kong should follow common law system. Still, it's not clear how they are going to implement national security law in Hong Kong. One guess is uh, they will use Uh, Chinese law system. So it means that they will have their own law enforcement system in Hong Kong. So they will arrest people, then they will actually sentence people to jails or other terms under Chinese law system. Then another much more benign scenario is Hong Kong law enforcement system handles the cases But the law actually is passed by the national level government.
0: So you're saying the law is unclear as to which of those scenarios it will actually take as far as implementation?
1: Yes. At this moment, the detail is not released yet. But generally, people can guess that under uh, Xi Jinping regime, it would be highly possible that the law enforcement in China, they will come to Hong Kong to enforce the law.
0: Well, that does seem more likely, especially since you've said there's already clear examples where that's been done. When you were talking about people disappearing and then showing up in the Chinese law system, is that what you mean?
1: Yes. Let's also really worrying lots of um, business people in Hong Kong and also ordinary people
0: in Hong Kong.
1: Let's also why U.S. responded to a national security law legislation. Whether it's Johnny.
0: And the law, from what they've released so far, does allow for domestic intelligence agency, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. In the law, it's uh, actually stay very clear. In Chinese, they do have some kind of uh, debate on how to implement it. But generally, if you look into the uh, clause, you will find that the Chinese side will set up a law enforcement branch in Hong Kong. So that's a very big concern because in the past, they have a very clear boundary between Hong Kong's common law system and the Chinese law system.
0: Does this really signal an end to the one country, two systems, like a lot of people are saying?
1: I think I would agree with that. The reason is, in the past, Hong Kong had a number of characters that were very different from uh, mainland China. The number one was rule law based on a uh, common law system. That's also the reason why Hong Kong is very much attractive place for investment and also trade. Number two, it was about press uh, freedom and uh, freedom assembly, freedom of association. The Chinese narrative is that they can rely on domestic market. If Hong Kong become an ordinary Chinese city, Hong Kong is no more a bridge between the West and the East. Chinese, you think they could survive. They, they think they don't need to rely on external uh, international market
0: at this moment. Do you think their confidence is justified?
1: I would say that uh, if you look into statistics, you will not actually think in this way. Chinese uh, whole system, I would say that China benefit a lot from the engagement with the international community. But now the issue is a lot of intellectuals and policymakers in China, they think China is strong enough so they can have their own market. Even the outside world, close the door, they can still survive.
0: Do you think Europe and the UK will respond as uh, strongly as the US has?
1: I would say that the UK government actually make it very clear because of uh, in the 1980s, it was the deal between UK and China. So uh, UK government now think they have obligation to help Hong Kong. So UK government and also US government's try to have some coordination among developed economies to try to help Hong Kongers. But in the meantime, I would say that because of China really used so-called economic coercion to push many countries to stand with them, so now the situation is in many countries, they don't want to speak out. Because if they speak out, the Chinese will use the economic coercion to push them to stop talking about this issue. So I would say that let's see U.S. and U.K. government's reaction will directly impact Hong Kongers at this moment, maybe also in a negative way. For example, if U.S. will not actually treat Hong Kong as a special customers' territory, then Hong Kong will not have the advantage to have trade with many countries. Hong Kong's economic position in the world is declining.
0: What do you foresee happening to Hong Kong now? How do you think this is going to affect the future of Hong Kong?
1: I think uh, Hong Kong's uh, situation is in very poor shape uh, at this moment. People try to uh, send money uh, abroad inquiring about whether they can migrate to uh, a third country. That's the uh, public perception. Then second issue is about China-U.S. relations. You can see U.S. uh, is going to remove lots of special treatment about Hong Kong. So that's also worrying. Under the previous arrangement, Hong Kong enjoying separate customers' territory. It means that if U.S. impose any sanctions, for example, like high tech on China, but the Hong Kong will not be affected. But now Hong Kong is no more special. Generally, I would say that investment will be less. People will start to rethink about the business in Hong Kong.
0: What else do you think will happen between the U.S. and China relationship? Obviously, it makes things worse, but do you have any idea of how things might play out?
1: I think at this moment, we cannot underestimate the, the, the poor relationship between China and the U.S. In the future, in terms of Hong Kong, I would say that the special treatment uh, toward Hong Kong by the U.S. will be much, much uh, less. Uh, eventually, Hong Kong would be really like ordinary city like Shenzhen to be engaged in a global kind of trade system or other system. So in general, I would say that Hong Kong is, unfortunately, it's a venue for the fight between two countries. But the issue is uh, Chinese took an initiative of uh, having the national security law at a national level. It's very clear Chinese side li- had predicted the worst scenario.
0: They must have known that if Hong Kong loses the special economic status, that it will hit the economy. But you're saying they're willing to take that hit for greater security?
1: Outsider would think in this way, Chinese economy will be hit by the poor China-U.S. relations. If Hong Kong become an ordinary city in China, then China's economy will be affected negatively. But if you look into uh, Chinese size particularly lots of so-called intellectuals and also policymakers, they don't think in this way. They think China is strong enough. So China can rely on the domestic market. So that's the reason why uh, Global Times editor mentioned about that. If China wants any city in China to become a global financial center, then China could make it. So basically, they are very confident about their future
0: okay well thank you very much is there anything else you want to say before okay thank you so much for more information or to subscribe to our newsletter go to lkyspp.edu.sg forward slash gia or join our facebook group at global is asian that's global i-s-a-s-i-a-n